ओम ज्ञान चिरंधस्यज्ञानंजनशलाकाय चक्षुरीलिता ये नस्मा श्री गुरवे नम This evening I'm going to read from an email that was forwarded to me and then begin a reply to that begin means it I probably won't, I, no, I won't finish this evening um <clears throat> I'll I'll read through the whole email first and then I'll start to address it this is sent to uh from appears to be a north indian hindu from a christian priest the christian priest begins hi jai i am not here to hurt your feelings if i did by any chance i would like to ask my deep apologies You are ultimate to me like a bare bhaya and at the same time you are a good friend I can talk and argue with if you are not going to get angry let me point out a few things with all humbleness one when valmiki wrote ramayana he never mentioned rama's god he wrote it as a story it was only tulsi who established ram as god in 1800 ad as god in his writing two There are two th- there are more than 2000 versions of Ramayana which one are we talking about 3 if this varna system is true then why didn't india become the world's largest economy or is the perfect model in governmental structure do we have uh, amplification here is this amplifying you 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 can tell is there, can you hear me okay Five. We all follow the Westerners in everything. A. The car we drive. We follow Westerners in the car. We make sure there's some Westerners in front. B. The clothing we wear. C. The knowledge of medicine. Capital M. D. The software, computers, telecommunications, television, internet, etc. C. <coughs> the flights. <coughs> the flights we fly in. F. The refrigerators we use. G. even to abolish human sacrifice and sati system a western christian missionary had to raise his voice and escalate it to the queen of england to ban it etc 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 6 why do we all like to have a dream life in western countries who did not follow our systems of varna instead were developed by followers of christ with principles of christ from the bible Here we have to admit whether God or racism rule this, rules this world and its politics. If we see Western countries were the place where new developments originated in the history of this world, most of them were having their faith in Christ. <clears throat> Now, if we take Christ for them, then it will be as if the white race who brought the development into this world. Also, why did the Western world share their knowledge to the rest of the world? I'm just reading as it is. I know. horrible english they could have kept their knowledge like our indian culture where sharing of knowledge from one varna to another was prohibited if one varna does a job then growth in their fields will stop and pride and ego will go up let see what happened to ambassador car from hm why the company could not flourish question mark 
They were monopoly and never respected the customers. Poor product quality, unimproved design, customer dissatisfaction, and lot more. If you go back to Varna system, then your child can't go to school. Only the Brahmins and the elite groups will study, and the rest will be pushed to poverty and suffering as it happened before. We from our Indian system know that this is a failure model, and even the government of India objects this model. Also, this system will undermine the value of a human being. Finally, God made all of us equal. There is none big or small, powerful or powerless. Everyone is given a chance by God to know him and to acknowledge him. He loves people so much to those who acknowledge him. He forgives all their mistakes and gives them the assurance of his love and place in heaven right in this birth so that they don't suffer. Also to them he will show the wonders of his knowledge and help them to develop this world with new thoughts and technology. I am not here to hurt your feelings. I am telling the directions this world goes. If you try to stop this flow, people will think you are a stumbling block and ignore you. I will not. Uh, now there's a quote from Srila, one of Srila Prabhupada's purports. Throughout the entire world, there are so many states, legislative assemblies and parliaments, but still the citizens are rogues and thieves. And the commentary by Father, whatever his name is, on this statement, this above statement is very aggressive and a premature idea about this world without a holistic wisdom or a knowledge about each situation. It is just a general statement. It is very abusive and the words are improper for a spiritual person. This just shows his desperateness to project push his view. So generally we like to speak about Krishna. It is not our role or duty to uh, criticize others. That's not our aim. But to establish Reality, non-reality, has to be distinguished. Prem Pracharan or Pashanda Dalam, these two businesses of preaching, love of God, and subduing wrong ideas go on side by side. Now, uh, this father, this said to be a Christian priest, they're called the father. I don't know why they're called father, because they don't have any children. Not, well, it depends. If they're Catholic priests, they're not supposed to have children. Whether or not they have them is another question. Um, he's also doing what he considers to be Prem Pracharana or Pashanda Dhamma. He's coming on with his idea, which is basically that what he considers to be Hinduism is bogus and Christianity is the best. So, like I say, it's not our duty to criticize and uh, we have to recognize that there are many people in Christianity who have some idea of God and they have a deep belief in God and there have been some saintly people in the Christian tradition that we have to recognize, and we have to recognize that there are many people at different levels of God-realization. So we don't say that we have a monopoly 
on the truth. As uh, many Christians do. They say they, they have a monopoly on the truth. Uh, however, it should be pointed out that there are a lot of a lot of problems with what this priest is saying, and it's 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 disappointing that this person is a priest, which means he must have been trained in theology for some years, and he has so many uh, actual not not just misunderstandings, but actual wrong information. Either he has, either he's uh, just wrongly informed, or has deep misunderstandings, or is deliberately uh, stating wrong things, which we know here in India Christians do, just like this whole Aryan invasion theory was invented by the British to, with the divide and rule policy to divide North Indians against South Indians, and still, even though it's disproved as a bunch of rubbish, uh, and, and and it's been shown that it was invented for political purposes, but it's, it's still it's being taught because it serves political purposes still, and still Christians in India are pushing it and. Uh, the big thing that Christians here in South India at least are pushing at the present time is as part of their uh, propagation methods is or conversion methods to convince people to become what they call Christians, although I don't know if Christ would have much to do with them, is to uh, tell people that if you don't eat chickens and fish, then they will eat us. Which is absurd. I mean, if, if all the chickens were let out of those torture, torturous conditions, the poultry farms that they're kept in, it's not that they'd all gang up and start eating humans. Or that if you don't take the fish out of the rivers and eat them, they'll jump out of the rivers and eat you. It's just completely absurd. But that is part of the, that's a major point of Christian propaganda at the present time. And, People are so stupid that they don't know how to reply to it. So it just goes, I mean, what level of discourse is this going on? Is this really godly discourse? Uh, yeah, so it's disappointing that this person is trained for years and supposed to be understanding God, but still has such an incredibly low level of discourse, which I'll discuss later. He starts off by saying, Staying, I'm not here to hurt your feelings, and he says that at the end also, which reminds us of the the tale of the or the example of the the man who came home to his locked up house and heard someone inside and called out, "Who are the, who's there?" And the person inside called out, saying, "I'm not stealing anything." <laughs> no one asked him if he's stealing or what, but. He's uh, he's stealing, and therefore he's trying to say I'm not stealing. So, but actually, his his aim is not particularly to hurt feelings, but to undermine the person he's writing to, undermine the faith of that person in what he believes in, and to replace that with what this 
priest considers to be Christianity. Although, as I say, uh, if you see the character of Christ as described in the Testaments and the character of Christianity today, we wonder if Christ would have anything to do with Christianity or if he would reject it as he rejected Judaism as or, or the, the, the Judaism as he perceived it at the time and a, a politic politicized ritualized privileged institutionalized religion so the priest is definitely uh, challenging there's no doubt about that uh, but he does display either terrible ignorance or deliberate misleading on some points. So, indirectly he proposes that Christianity is morally superior and is improving the world and that the success, as he perceives it, of the Western world is due to Christianity. <clears throat> uh, I was raised in a uh, Roman Catholic family. My mother was very Catholic. For some time she managed to drag me to church every morning before going to school until I dared to protest and stop going. Around the age, I guess it was about 11 or 12, I realized that uh, the basics or a lot of what I was taught in Christianity doesn't make any sense at all. The idea that God is all-merciful, you've heard this all before, but I'm saying it again. The idea that God is all-merciful and loves us However, uh, if you don't believe in him in one lifetime, you burn in hell forever without any chance of ever coming out again. <clears throat> it's a horrible idea. And the idea that God was just sitting around in heaven feeling bored and then he created this whole universe huge universe in, in which there's one tiny little planet called Earth in which there's life and in other places there isn't life, presumably. And then uh, and the people who are born here, they either have to believe in Jesus or burn in hell forever. And if they don't believe in Jesus, that's it. The, the God loves you, so he's burning you. In. The vast majority of people burn in hell forever. It's a horrible idea. God sounds like the most horrible person you could ever imagine, that he creates all these beings. I mean, this is the Christian concept of God that I was raised with. Nowadays, they may have different ideas, but this is still a, a very prominent idea. And it's the kind of Christianity that's being promoted in India today, it, that, that believe or burn. I wonder what these people think of being converted, that all their forefathers are burning in hell because they didn't believe in Christianity. I wonder if they ever think about that. 
So uh, this point alone is so bogus and misrepresents God. I and mean, if we accept that there is a supreme being, which is a very logical point to accept, actually, otherwise we have to think that, well, just everything exists for no reason by chance. But then to represent God as something like the most cruel person imaginable is uh, it's a terrible misrepresentation of God which has as I see it largely fueled atheism in the world today it's a long history which I'll touch on in the course of this talk or series of talks but that uh, the, the idea of God is so bogus the idea that they've marketed or, or not just marketed, they've, they've promoted it with uh, such. I mean, the history of Christianity is just one of killing, and murder, and genocides, and crusades, and inquisitions, and all horrible things. So the atheism in the world, which is very, it's a increasingly prominent force in the Western world, and what starts in the West goes all around, has been largely fostered by this uh, insistence on a blind faith in a, in a wicked God. And it's a long history. The, the, the history of atheism in the Western world goes back practically, where shall we say, to the Renaissance humanism, and it had its roots there. We're talking about like 15th century, so you're going on to like the 6th centuries. They're just out of uh, disgust or distaste with the uh, the nasty God concept. And other, I mean, there are so many points. Uh, this, this whole idea that of Satan in Christianity, that God has a competitor. Someone up there realized that God was a jerk, and then, or he wanted to be as powerful as God, and and uh, he became Satan with a forked tail and horns and all this kind of thing, and he tempt. He's constantly fighting with God, and God is just about managing to keep on top of it and keep in control. Although it appears that this world is in in this world satan's more in control than god if you take the concept of satan i mean very uh, i mean it's not at all developed if you take the basics of christian what they believe it's uh, it's it's like childish philosophy or if you want to call it i mean they have developed lots of philosophy but the basic principles are, I just, uh, I mean, like I say, as a child, I, I just understood this is all rubbish. Uh, so this has been going on for for, for 2,000 years. Actually, the original Christians, they th just like now, they thought Jesus is coming in a few days. And that's been going on for 2,000 years. And in the meantime, they've, they've, created, they've had to create a whole big philosophy, to so-called philosophy, to substantiate it. 
few years ago on a flight in America, there was a, there's a youngish Christian woman who, seeing myself and Ved Narayan, we were sitting in the same row, Ved Narayan Prabhu, uh, seems like she was a Christian or, uh, uh, sorry, a Christian preacher or definitely born again Christian. And she started to preach to Ved Narayan. I didn't bother, but they were going back and forth. And after some minutes, I told him just to ask her, well, what happens to all those people who came before Jesus? And what happens to all those who are born in cultures where they never have the chance to hear of Jesus? You say you have to, it's, Jesus is the only way. What happens to all, the, all of the others? What does God do with them? And she was stumped, like she'd never thought of it. She's been studying the, the Bible, and she had all these books, and about all, all these books, what to say to people with her. And she was looking through all the books, and she was, that just shut her up for the rest of the flight. She didn't know what to say, just, just an obvious question. Actually, the, uh, the Catholic Church, they, they did think of that, because, you know, having made all these so-called theistic propositions or fallacies, uh, then they, they thought about it and then they had the idea of uh, limbo, which is a silly idea. But anyway, um, they have the, the, in the Catholic Church they had this idea of limbo, that the, the Old Testament saints would be picked up from hell where they went there because they didn't believe in Jesus, poor people. You know, Jesus hadn't even come at that time, and they'll get uh, they or they oh what is that limbo? They get knocked into purgatory and then they get purified or whatever, and then they can go to heaven and sit with God and look down at hell and laugh at all the people who are burning in hell or whatever kind of pleasure they get in heaven. Uh, another theological problem for the, the the idea that you have to believe in Jesus, you have to be baptized. Well, what about the babies that are born, and before you can, before you can throw some water over them and and you know, and baptize them, they die. So what happens to them? So according to Christian Catholic theology, they go to a place called limbo, where they're kind of just hanging out in midair or something. They don't quite get to heaven, but they're not really bad enough to go to hell. Or, although according to some Protestant sects, they just go to hell anyway because they didn't get baptized. Nowadays, the Catholic Church doesn't believe in limbo. They did for hundreds of years, but now they don't. So was it true then, and now it's not true? Or what happened? I mean, the Pope's, according to them, the Pope's infallible. Whatever he says is true. So at that time, there must have been a limbo, according to their understanding. And then the, the, and then the, the then the Pope changed it. Another Pope changed his mind, and then limbo stopped existing. Oh, and what's going on? I mean, it's it's stupid. I mean, let's be frank about it. No wonder people become atheists because they they don't. They're not presented with a with a very uh, with an understanding of God that appeals to the intelligence. If God gave us some intelligence, then. Uh, why Why would the theology be so stupid? So if you're, if you're a good Catholic, at one point you have to believe one thing, and then the, another pope comes in and says something else, then to be a good Catholic, 
You just have to change your belief. What is reality? That, that, that point never happened. Atato Brahma Jignasa. The Vedic spiritual quest begins with inquiring into the nature of spiritual reality. But no such inquiry is there. No such inquiry is encouraged. Just blind faith. So that's another thing when I was a kid, about 11 or 12 years old, I thought, what's going on here? I mean, the Catholics and Protestants, they uh, traditionally they hate each other. That was my uh, religious upbringing, learning about all the Catholics who had been tortured to death by the Protestants. We didn't hear about all the Protestants who had been tortured to death by the Catholics. That wasn't part of our religious education. Only one way. So uh, traditionally they uh, they hate each other and they say, well, if, if one side says, if you believe in the Pope, you go to hell. Another side says, if you don't believe in the Pope, you go to hell. And then you have Islam, where, and they say that, uh, well, if you believe that Jesus, in the way the Christians do, then you go to hell. And then the, the Muslims, they're also divided between Shia and Sunni. And, and, you know, so, I mean, it, it, and they all say you have to believe this, otherwise you go to hell. So it's just like, you know, it's just like some kind of, like some gambling game or something. Uh, which if you, those who are lucky, they get the, they get the right belief because there's no, in, there's no intelligent way you can understand which one is correct or not. Actually, it's not that intelligent. It's not that unintelligent to understand that, I mean, the popes, uh, we shouldn't blaspheme them. Well, there are a lot of very bad popes. And even today, the, the popes for all their, the pope for all their being uh, considered by many to be their religious leader. I mean, after all, they they, they eat meat with from tortured animals they drink wine it's a very low class kind of religion now uh, some time ago i read uh, quite a thick book called it's like i can't remember the name the history of christianity it was like that so i thought he would have a discussion of all the different philosophical points throughout the ages but very little of that it was uh it was mostly about how the, the Christians were killing each other and others also. How the uh, they're they're from the beginning they're expecting Jesus to come in a few days. It never happened, and it always just got moved back a few years. Uh, how the the uh, well, actually, the Christian Church spread all over Europe when the Roman Empire Constantine for political reasons, became a Christian. At that time, there was only the Catholic Church. It hadn't split into the the Orthodox Church in the East, which again split into the, the, the Russian, the Greek, the Syrian, and, the, and there's so many churches, Armenian Church, Syrian Church, and so many churches. Um, but even after converting to Christianity, I mean, he was a politician, and he, so he, he he killed his wife and eldest son for no known reason at some point, I and mean, it didn't really help him much. And 
in, in, didn't help to improve his character, nor did he become a Christian for that purpose. But anyway, Christianity spread all over the Roman Empire. And uh, all pre-Christian religions were persecuted out of existence. Now there is some, there are some traces of pre-Christian religions, but not much, because they were effectively they were just destroyed. Uh, but it appears that worldwide there were many uh, religious processes which were, you, you could say, similar to, uh, in, in, for want of a better word, in a very broad term, to Hinduism all over the world. But that was completely crushed. And then Christians, they were fighting among themselves, killing. The, the Inquisition is infamous, uh, how the Catholics and the Protestants were killing each other, torturing each other. They had the Crusades sending uh, troops again and again and again to Jerusalem to liberate Jerusalem from the infidels, from the Muslims. And that's still going on, the the Muslim-Christian divide. Jerusalem is still a city divided by two actually primitive beliefs. Um, And, not surprisingly, uh, some people are getting a little, you know, fed up of all of this. And, well, uh, what's going on in in Europe, practically it's... uh, what we find all over Europe is that Christianity, it's, because of its cultural, the, the cultural influence of Christianity has been tremendous in Europe, which is the, the, the seat of the Western world. When we say the West, we mean Europe, the Americas, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa. The, I mean, this is all, these are all, all extensions, and that's called the West. South Africa to some extent. They're all tremendously influenced by the by Christianity. But in Europe itself, Christianity is largely a dying or dead religion. Uh, in South America, in Latin America, it's still quite strong. It, it's alive in the sense that it's it's been an institution for such a long time that it still has tremendous properties, tremendous rights or privileges. When the Pope suggested, at the formation of the European Union, when the Pope said that in the, in their constitution they, they should state that Europe is Christian, they, they that was rejected by by the European leaders. So they don't, but in America there's a strong cultural divide between the Christians, who are particularly evangelical Christians, they're also liberal Christians, but you you don't hear about them so much. Evangelical Christians who believe, for instance, that the world is 6,000 years old and that uh, God planted dinosaur bones to test our faith. Or that dinosaurs existed 6,000 years ago. 
Um, the world is 6,000 years old, according to them, and any time now Jesus is going to come. And there, uh, there are others who are liberal Christians, atheists, and apart from atheists, there are humanists, free thinkers, who, and just people who just don't care about it at all, which is the, the, the great majority of people in Europe, it, according to my observation, I mean, they, they just don't care about it. It's just not a factor in their life at all. It just, it just, and they, they are, just don't like this, this, uh, arrogant Christianity in which the evangelical, you know, they're very aggressive because they think you, you have to save souls for Jesus. Jesus is coming. Usually it's about two years away. Two or three years away. And every, so, I think last year there was a big thing that they, someone gave the date, May the 11th or something. And so many people believed that Jesus was coming. And it happened so many times. And they say, they give a particular date and it doesn't work. I mean, Jesus doesn't come and it goes on and on like this. And, and, People who are somewhat intelligent, they're just completely repulsed by all of this. So that even the word God, to many people, it's just like, or religion, or church, or Lord, such words, they just, just they hear it and they, they just want to close their ears and run away in the opposite direction. They have such a bad experience of all of this. Um, I'm just going to read a couple of postings from the internet. One is from December the 11th last year, given, uh, yeah, posted by the BBC, which is considered to be authoritative. They're very expert in all these, the mass media, is their job is to disseminate uh, lies and paint it as if it's truth. So the BBT is especially successful at doing that, and therefore they're well respected. Anyway, it's not... Well, the thing is, they put the... Even unknown to themselves, even when they're trying to be fair and neutral, they put their own... Inevitably, unavoidably, they put their own spin on it. Or the underlying... Anyway, I won't get into that. Anyway, this is from the BBC, which is considered somewhat reliable by many people. Whatever. The, for what. Anyway, this is about... Uh, anyway, I'll just read it. A Catholic priest was famously evicted from his parish in Brisbane, in Australia, when he found that being that being spiritual was not enough. This term, being spiritual, is very common in the West now, that people, they, they feel spiritual, but they're not religious, or they don't believe in God, but they just feel spiritual. So, Peter Kennedy was attracting good congregations despite his unorthodox approach. And now, this is from the BBC, but there's some very bad very badly formed the next sentence. 
He invited women preachers and married former priests to help celebrate Mass. What's bad about that sentence is it's not clear whether Peter Kennedy got former priests married to help so they could help celebrate Mass. Or what is probably meant is that he invited former priests who had married to help celebrate Mass. Anyway, whatever he did, it was unorthodox. And Peter Kennedy gave up wearing priestly robes when he realized that members of his congregation had been abused as children by priests. Now, after 45 years as a priest, Peter Kennedy says he doubts that Jesus was born to a virgin, which is one of the two basic tenets of Christianity. I'll get back to that in a few minutes. Mr. Kennedy, who has just published a book about his experience of the church, even claims that there's too little evidence to be sure that Jesus even existed. Elsewhere in the developed world, there's a similar story of dwindling congregations and changing attitudes to faith. And in the Netherlands, another priest who doesn't believe in God but kept his job all the same. He's a priest, and he openly declares he doesn't believe in God, but still he remains as a priest. The Dutch Protestant Church began an investigation when the cleric, Klaas Hendrikse, is that pronunciation okay? Hendrikse? Hendrikse. Okay, we have a real-life Dutchman with us to correct our Dutch pronunciation here. Klaas Klaas Hendrikse wrote a book entitled Believing in a God Who Does Not Exist. This is from a priest. Klaas Hendrikse doesn't believe in God but has kept his church job. Mr. Hendrikse explained to me God is not a being but a word for what can occur between people. Instead of dismissing him as a cleric, the regional church assembly in now I need a Dutchman to help me here. Ziri Zierikze. Zierikze. In southwest Holland is reported to have decided that Mr. Hendrikse's views were not fundamentally different from other liberal theologians in the Protestant Church. In other words, what he's saying is normal among theologians in the Protestant Church. That God is not a being, but just something that occurs between people. Some kind of feeling between people. Mr. Hendrikse, who is to continue to preach for another two years before he retires, claimed that 1,000 people were leaving the church every week. That's the Dutch Protestant church. I didn't even know they had so many thousands who even believed in Holland. But anyway... He said, you can't keep telling the same stories your whole life because everyone changes. No adult believes in the same way as he did when he was a toddler or teenager. Amsterdam's VU University says Mr. Hendrikse <coughs> is by no means alone among Dutch clergy. One in every six clergy Mr. like Mr. Hendrikse no longer believes in God in a traditional way. A study among clergy of the Church of England carried out by researchers from Bangor University five years ago also found widespread doubt. Although almost all Anglican clergy on the whole believed in the existence of God, 
a third doubted it. So one third of the priests in the Anglican Church doubt the existence of God, according to this survey. Eight out of ten believed in the bodily resurrection of Jesus and two-thirds in the virgin birth. That means that one-fifth of all the Anglican clergy, these are the two basic principles of Christian belief. That Jesus himself, whatever we have in the Bible, he didn't teach it himself. (coughs) But you have to believe that Jesus was born to a virgin (coughs) and one-third of the Church of England priests don't believe that. And you have to believe that Jesus rose from, he was dead, and then he came back to life again in the same body. You also have to believe that he was God and that he got killed, which is another practically atheistic statement. But yeah, one fifth, 20% of Christian priests in the Church of England priests don't believe that Jesus rose from the dead. So, you know, where's the where's the Christianity? <clears throat> Baptisms and the here's another from something else from the internet. Baptisms in the Southern Baptist Convention. The USA's largest Protestant denomination have dipped to their lowest point in sixty years. Everywhere people have have enough of it, so they export. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, and uh, uh, there's a big trend in America of uh, unbaptism, because people get baptized when they're a child; they don't have time to think about it. When they get older, they get a they go and get a certificate to become unbaptized. I don't want to be baptized. Okay, here's something else. From a 2008 uh, New York Times article. Now this is uh, this is about beliefs of people in America. Now remember that traditionally Christians are supposed to believe that only by Christianity you can be saved. But that's changing, according to Charles M. Blow who wrote this article. In June, the Pew Forum on Religion and Public Life published a controversial survey in which 70% of Americans said that they believed religions other than theirs could lead to eternal life. This threw evangelicals into a tizzy. After all, the Bible makes it clear that heaven is a velvet-roped VIP area reserved for Christians. Jesus said so. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I'm going to get back to that statement later. But the survey suggested that Americans just weren't buying that. The evangelicals complained that people must not have understood the question. The respondents couldn't actually believe what they were saying, could they? So in August, Pew asked the questions again. They released the results last week. 65% of respondents said again, that other religions could lead to eternal life. But this time, to clear up any confusion, Pew asked them to specify which religions. The respondents essentially said all of them. And they didn't stop there. Nearly half also thought that atheists could go to heaven. 
dragged there kicking and screaming, no doubt, and most thought that people with no religious faith also could go. So modern Americans, many of them don't believe that you have to be a Christian to go to heaven. What is that heaven anyway? Some Christian idea. One very plausible explanation is that Americans just want good things to come to good people regardless of their faith. As Alan Siegel, a professor of religion at Barnard College, told me, we are a cultural, multicultural society and people expect this American life to continue the same way in heaven. Heavens, there'll be shopping malls and what's this, roller skating, what's that, flipboard skating, skateboard skating, or football stadiums and hurricanes. There's so many hurricanes in America. What else? Bowling, 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 baseball. And uh, divorce, everything else. It's just like this. Uh, C.S. Lewis wrote the Narnia series of books, in which his conclusion is that heaven. He was, he was a Christian. Heaven is just like England. C.S. Lewis was from England. I mean, this man C.S. Lewis was an influential Christian of his generation and such a primitive, childish theology. He's from England, so he thinks heaven is just like England. And in America, it seems that heaven, whatever that is, they think it's just like America. He, we're talking about Alan Siegel, a professor of religion, explained that in our society... We meet so many good people of different faiths that it's hard for us to imagine God letting them go to hell. So this is a re, this is one. Some people just become atheists at this Christian preaching that I was raised with. Just how long ago? A couple of generations ago, I guess. About yeah, forty-five years ago at school or whatever, I was taught that all these things believe in Jesus or you burn in hell forever. And uh, so some people react to that by just rejecting Christianity. And, but it seems that many people, they just don't accept that. They think that they're Christians, but they think that, well, all religions are good, all people are good. Everyone goes to heaven. What if they don't want to go to your Christian heaven? What if they're Parsi and they want to go wherever they're supposed to go? What happens then? I guess that I don't know. People don't think. They, they, they think that religion is just, just... They're trained to think that religion is something you just believe in. and Whatever whatever you want to believe. Blind faith. In fact, in the most recent survey, Pew asked people what they thought determined whether a peace... Per, what determined... What they thought determined whether a peace person would achieve eternal life. Nearly as many Christians said you could achieve eternal life by just being a good person as said that you had to believe in Jesus, which is completely against the, especially the Lutheran idea. Luther, the, the original Protestant, original protester. Well, the original one that got away with it, I guess, without being burned at the stake. 
And he was really against this idea that you have to do good works. His whole thing was that you just believe in God. And, and oh, wait a minute, it's not God, Jesus. Also, many Christians apparently view their didactic texts as flexible. According to Pew's August survey, only 39% of Christians believe that the Bible is the literal word of God. Okay, they're making some progress. And 18% only... Th- and 18% think that it's just a book written by men and not the word of God at all. That's Christians in America. In fact, on the question of the Pew survey about what it would take to achieve eternal life, only 1% of Christians said living life in accordance with the Bible. And that's supposed to be their guidebook. Only 1% think that you can get the result of what's supposed to be their Christianity by following. Now, there remains the possibility that some of those polled may not have understood the implications of their answers. As John Green, a senior fellow at the Pew Forum, said, the capacity of ignorance to influence survey outcomes should never be underestimated. But they don't, I, I don't think that they are ignorant about this most basic tenet of their faith. I think they are choosing to ignore it. So what we have is a scenario in which you have a few fanatical Christians in the West who still believe all this stuff, like burning in hell forever, and you have other Christians who don't believe it, and you have many people who just gave up on Christianity altogether. But the kind of Christianity that's being exported to India and Africa and wherever they... It's this kind of fanatical Christianity that the West has already largely rejected and which this priest, this North Indian priest, he's saying, you know, the West, the West, Christianity, but the West itself has already largely rejected their Christianity. It's like, you know, in in the West, these companies, they spent hundreds and thousands of dollars in producing different drugs. And then the, uh, and then the, American Medical Association or whatever banned the drugs because they're, they're not safe. But they already invested so much money. So what do they do? They manufacture and sell it off in India and Africa and all these places. And, get, and while, although the drugs are not safe, but you know, they want to get their money back, right? So, so, it's, so it's like that. This Christianity is like some failed doctrine. And they're just... Uh, but they're, pre- they're promoting it in India and all these countries where people are quite gullible. And people like this priest actually believes all this stuff. Which he's... Uh, and now and, and he's writing to Jai, his friend, who's also presumably some kind of somewhat educated person. They, the, the letters written in English and in India, if you know English, even such uh, you know grammatically poor English as is written here, which is normal in India, um, that's considered the sign of being educated. So these are educated people, but the arguments that this priest puts are so weak and so full of factual mistakes that anyone who's a little educated in these issues should be able to reply to them, or actually, why should you even waste your time replying to people who 
are supposed, you know, they're just propagating some nonsense. But Jai, who's crawling out for help here, obviously is bewildered. He can't reply to all this. So, uh, like I say, we it's not our business to go around criticizing people, but we should say something to uh, this bogus propaganda which is going on in the name of Christianity. Um, and it's not, uh, not possible to answer all the silly ideas. Um, but over the next day or two more, I'll speak about some of these things. Then we can get back to Vishnu Sahasranama, because that, that's the nectar for which we're always anxious. But we we have to uh, discuss these things so that at least people won't be confused by all this. At least something should be said. So again, we should recognize, I mean, Christianity, at least people believe in God, even though they don't have a very clear idea of who God is. And, you know, many pious, well-intentioned people, no doubt, in the history of the world. And we're not saying that we are perfect and that our society is, our Vaishnava society is free from politics, hypocrisy, immorality, and so on. But uh, nevertheless, the uh, at least because I've been asked to reply to this, I, I will do over the next couple of days, Krishna willing. And I'll finish there for now. Hare Krishna. You can title that, Reply to Christian Innuendo, Part 1. Want to write that word down? You don't know what it means, probably. I double N U E N D O. Look it up. Probably no one else here knows what it means either. It means like rant or cant or just just claiming something and then and under my on the basis of your own just just yeah it's true just being aggressively propagating something and undermining others with, without any actual rational basis. So that's part one. Look it up. What does it say? The, the definition? An indirect intimation about a personal thing. An indirect intimation about a personal thing. Especially of a disparaging or... Especially of a disparaging or... Derogatory nature. Derogatory nature. Yeah, so say it means say, saying that someone is all wrong. 